Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Headphones Podcast. Uh, let's go around and introduce everybody. I am Ryan slash TDD Paco. We also have joining us Space Lobster. Say hi, Space Lobster. Hi, I'm uh, David, uh, also known as uh, Space Lobster or Space Laser. I like lobster better, but that's just me. All right, anyway. Yeah. And then uh, next we have Innova. Say hi, Innova. Uh, morning. I'm probably not going to say anything in this podcast because I don't have much to talk about, but I'm here. Thank you for the self-confidence, sir. And yep. next <laughs> we have everybody's favorite goofball, Bag to Milk. Nobody hey, I'm Milk. Hey, Innova, nobody asked for your opinion. And he pronounced opinion wrong. All right. <laughs> I'm from Minnesota, don't you know? Yeah, me too. All right, and then for our guest spot today, we have the modder, also, uh, who makes CMF headphones, Zach. Hey, hi, hey guys. I thought you were going to say my last name, but then I realized you probably didn't know Zach I don't know, how to, I don't know how to pronounce it. I didn't feel like butchering yeah. it. <laughs> hey, everybody. Nice to uh, nice to get on the, uh, what is it called? The Headphones Podcast? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Awesome. I'm excited. Me too. Me too. <laughs> All right. So. I'll go around and see if anybody's... Uh, has anybody listened to anything interesting music-wise lately? Start off there. What about you, Mr. Space? This pure silence? No? The uh, new Radiohead album is pretty good. Oh, I haven't heard of Radiohead. Or Radiohead is it different than their previous stuff, or does it follow along the same lineage of the kind of indie alternative kind of thing they started doing? I've always yeah. done. I like it a lot more than King of Limbs. It feels a lot more... Mm, feels like it has more personality, I think. But I don't know. It's not a It's not a very happy album, though, so... I could see people not liking it. I just listened to uh, Untitled the other day. I don't even know how I got... Because you just follow a chain of everything. And I started listening to um, the latest album by uh, Trent Reznor, Nine Inch Nails. I don't even know. I was probably a couple years old at this point, but it was, I don't know. It was interesting just because when I was a kid in the 90s, you know, that stuff was just huge. So you guys listen to that? What the, what the hell is it called? It's called, uh, there's to look it up. Does anyone else listen to Nine Inch Nails anymore? Or do you have to be like, you know, in your 30s and... No, I I did when I was. I listen to stuff Uh, older than that. Are you thinking? I listen to his ghosts. Yeah, there was ghosts in the slip and year zero with teeth. Yeah, yeah, the slip was cool. I think with teeth was my favorite album. Have to listen. You know, whenever I'm testing, uh, whenever I'm testing headphones, I um. Always think of uh, Ray Samuels from Ray Samuels RSA amps, and I, I think he's semi-retired now or whatever. But one of the first times I went and uh, had a prototype of the Vibro, and I wanted him to hear them, and he, um, the only thing he like tests anything on is like for vocals is Diana, it has to be Diana Crawl. 
So I, I since then, I've always listened to Diana Krall to test female vocals on headphones because she is kind of a standard, you know, she's a deep um, voice that has a lot of range and everything. And uh, and I always hear his voice in my head. He goes, Zach, you need to test with Diana Krall. These sound terrible, terrible. We're <laughs> <laughs> talking about my Vibro prototype. So I uh, kept tweaking it until I got the Ray Samuels approval. But um, but yeah, so I always, even today, I mean, was listening to Diana Krall this morning just to test some headphones. But so there's a little nugget for you. <laughs> I haven't listened to much stuff from her. Oh, I need to really got to be into you. Got to be into that kind of eclectic jazz. You know, it's almost not enjoyable. So <laughs> it's just it's just technically for testing. Well, so, I mean, some of it's great. Some of it's yeah, it's just kind of well. There she is again. Some people feel that way about the uh, HE uh, five sixty and the HD eight hundred at times. I don't really enjoy it, but it's so technically proficient, it, uh, you know. <laughs> I like the HD 100. Oh, yeah, I like it too. Yeah, 30 minutes, I'll listen to it. Um, Innova, you listen so, to anything cool lately? Um, nothing terribly notable, really. Um, the Mountain Goats beat the champ. I've never heard of that, but that sounds somewhat interesting. The Mountain Goats? Is that that guy, this folk singer type guy? Um, kind of, I guess. He's a. Uh, I saw. I saw him live once. I think. Mountain. Well, I'm looking it up now to make sure. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that guy live once. Can't say I enjoyed it, <laughs> but uh, it was. It was just him though, not his whole band. Oddly yeah. enough, the uh, only people I've ever seen live was the B-52s. That's the only and, concert you've ever been to? And Ludacris. <laughs> oh, okay. So you've been to two concerts. Is oh, that, and Nelly. Con- I forgot about Nelly. I went to oh, a Nelly yeah. concert. Back when uh, he was big. Uh, yeah. Well, did you see him perform Hot and Her? No, no. This was way after that. Um, Ew. That is actually oddly one of the songs he's it's hot in her. Anyway, uh Bagged, have you heard anything cool lately? Uh I was just listening to Fleetwood Mac Live today, I guess. Hmm. Is this a yeah. throwback? Uh, I believe it was a concert recorded a few years ago. I uh, mainly listen to 70s through 80s, so, you know. Man, you were like... <laughs> you were kind of old soul-y there, aren't you? Yes, indeed. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, let's move on to news. So we got a new Grado headphone being made. How do you guys feel about that? Isn't it Grado? I doesn't really matter now, does it? Not really. <laughs> but um, so uh, how about you, Mister Space Laser? How do you feel about it? Oh, it's probably not going to be as good as the PS Five Hundred, so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
Is there a projected price point on the new uh, the new Grado? It's like, four, it's like 1400 isn't it? Oh, yeah. uh, fourteen. I thought it was. I it was two grand. Let me see if I can find it real quick. I'm probably wrong. Let me let me check real quick. Fourteen hundred. It probably costs. Fishka like... said fourteen hundred. So buy now on their site. Yeah, fifteen ninety five. Can I be completely honest? It looks like it takes about thirty dollars to manufacture. You're probably not, not too far off. That's probably like all the R and D. Like, how can we make a headphone like this not suck? But guys, you can get a you can get a four pin XLR cable on it now. First time in Greedo history. Uh, so you can get removable cables? No, it's not removable. It's just oh, it's you can just get a four pin a... XLR option. Oh, on the <laughs> other end, yeah. Yeah, you, you you can't expect a Greedo to be convenient. Let's add the termination. That is heavier than the actual headphone. That's true. I've honestly never liked them because they've always been a little too. Uh, they they seem to like make their headphones as like difficult to use as possible. I don't understand yeah. it. And on ears have never really been comfortable to me. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm just waiting to see if the KSC seventy five out resolves it. To be honest, it's probably still worse than that Porter Pro. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Am I, maybe it'll surprise us to make something actually good. Well, they have a 50 millimeter driver now. <laughs> what was it before, like 44 millimeters or something? something 49.5, like probably. <laughs> <laughs> I rag on them, but they're, they have their fan base, and a lot of people seem to like them somewhat. Um, there was guys, just an it's... HP 1000 that went for about $1,800 from memory on eBay. Yeah, HP 1000, HP 2 are both good. Alright, well, um, this next thing isn't really news, but uh, the HD 800's been rapidly dropping in price um, ever since the HD 800S decided to become a thing. I uh, think what you can get like a used. I saw one used pair for six fifty at one point on HeadFi. Yeah, yeah. I've been pairs. waiting for something like that to happen again so I can grab one. Yeah, you can get one in like semi semi decent condition between like six hundred and six fifty if you you're patient. At that point, I'm like, why even buy any headphones that cost more than it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, once you get that level, you're pretty much done. Yeah. Like, uh, well, I guess my, le ne my uh, next step is getting a uh, planner that I happen to like the tuning of or a uh, or ZDS. S electrostat or something. <laughs> yeah, I, still, I mean, I still like the HD800 or HD800S on like a, you know, a super expensive tube. It's still probably the, the best, most enjoyable headphone I've I've heard at uh, you know, it's got to be one of those you know super expensive Eddie Current or uh, Cavalli's or uh, I don't know. I heard it off of Glen OTL. Sounds great on the good. ZMF amp. All right, sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna ask you about that later, but then I'm like, ah, it's not on his website yet, so I don't know if I want to. Well, I mean, honestly, I, I'm. <laughs> 
open to, to talking about anything you guys want to know about the amp. It is, it is very close to being done. It's just after my experience with releasing the Omni, feeling like it was 97% done and then taking, you know, three, four months to get those last 3%, I, I've been a little bit more lenient on announcing stuff officially uh, because, of, you know, I just, I want to have the product able to ship before I start building up uh, a frenzy or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I don't want to have one of those, uh, everybody has a different sound in pair situation. Like Mr. Speakers. Hey, I wasn't going to say that. Bagged. Sir. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we got to at least be a little neutral here. I mean, you know. Um. <laughs> All right, so uh, I was looking at the voice chat, and I see over here, Odyssey dodged a bullet there. Odyssey never dodges a bullet. They're too heavy. All right, so uh, this this week, Mad Economist launched uh, his headphone, the Talos, which is a pretty pleasant V-shaped headphone. Or as, uh, actually, I'm not going to say that on the podcast, what people have named it. But, uh, yeah. Does it have nice. a vulgar a vulgar nickname or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah, look in the voice chat. Yeah, say yeah. that. Hold on, look I'll, at a voice I'll chat. Right, voice let me chat. scroll down. Let me scroll down. There you go. I uh, uh, I called you over to the voice voice chat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, I'm gonna skip this. <laughs> I can't. I can't say it. I'm gonna piss off some people. Oh, I think I'm in the wrong. I need to go to the headphones one. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Hold on. I typed it in there for you. All right. Uh, so he launched his. Uh, it had a sale where it was $200, and that lasted about uh, 12 hours before they were all sold out there. Um, and now they're back up to 250 but for 250 they're actually really good. I'm surprised. One of the few uh, V-shaped signatures I've ever enjoyed. Um. I know Innova's going to hear a pair soon. Um, uh, maybe. I, that's um, an unknown as of right now. Oh, okay. Because it was uh, supposed to be for the meet, but I'm not, I don't think I can head to the local Minnesota meet. Just let some random stranger take you. Yeah, because I'll farewell. I mean, like three people offered. Uh, well, like one did, but... Well, there'd be three people in his trunk. What? Anyway, moving on. Um, so, everybody, does anyone remember Philip's, uh, Golden Ears thing? Yep. Uh, it was fun times. Teaching people how to, they, uh, how to listen to things critically. Um, have you ever heard that one, Zach? The, uh, that Philip's Golden Ears, the tests and all that? Yep. To make sure, uh, hey, do you have, uh, you know, the Golden Ears? I had uh I actually never did it, no. I got I just, like, oh, maybe I don't know if I have golden ears or not. <laughs> I made most I went most of the way through it and got bored and wandered off and never finished. I heard it took a long time to do. Entirely too long. But uh yeah, so isotope. Um lowercase I 
capital Z O T O P E, uh, came out with their own little replacement for Philips Golden Ears. I haven't tried it out yet, but it looks semi interesting. Um, hopefully, it won't take as much time as it took for the Golden Ears, but it took forever. Also, that uh, Harman How to Listen. Oh, yeah, that too. That too. Yeah, it's got some things like, uh, you know, hey, you can learn about your passions, like mixing and mastering, and then we'll sell you some stuff for it. Isotopes, uh based in Russia, they made those big planars. Is that the company? Is it? Or is, it, is that a different company? I think that may be a That was missed, Isophones. Oh, okay. So I, I'm getting confused with the ISO yeah. part. I was about to make a uh, Chernobyl, jo Chernobyl joke featuring <laughs> isotopes, but I figured that was a little too nerdy for even headphones. Um, so, um, and it's really slow uh, headphones news-wise. I noticed there's a Can Jam London coming back. Another year over on HeadFi. Um, what about the what about the Andromeda? There's been some hype around that. Oh, you want to go ahead and uh, tell us about it, Mr. Space? Oh, I've I've only I've only seen the uh, reports from SBAF, but uh, supposedly it's quite the IAM. I'm pretty eager to try it if I can. Supposedly, I've, it's supposed to be like a UERM but better, which has me pretty excited. Oh, I remember it's that. It's my favorite IAM. Was yeah. this that thing that got, um... Yeah, Marv was static about it. OJ liked yeah. it a lot. Well, OJ actually, I don't know if OJ's then, heard it. Uh, yeah, OJ liked it. Yeah. And, um... Did that create a bit of a controversy over on the uh, subreddit? Yeah, it did. Campfire? What about it? I think uh, Marv and Vinny were... Not Marv and Vinny. <laughs> OJ and Vinny were arguing. Yeah, let's not bring that up. Though. Yeah, let's move on from that before I. Get I heard. I've heard the. Uh, I got to hear the Andromeda and Noble K10 back to back. Uh, got to compare them quite a bit, and uh, yeah, I, I guess I would say listen to them both because I, in my session with them, I felt like there were certain things that the K10 did better than the Andromeda, certain things that the Andromeda did better uh, than the K10. So they're they're both definitely top 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 class uh universal IEM so I uh I've always had difficulty trying to listen to IEMs. I don't know if it's just my ear or what. I've never really Yeah, I had issues with the fit for the K ten, but I have kind of weird ear canals. So custom IEMs are pretty much the only way I can go. Did you try the new um the new one with the Aluminum shells, they, they fit a little bit differently. Yeah, I haven't tried the newer ones yet. I only heard the first versions. Yeah, I mean, I, they honestly probably don't fit too differently than the original ones, but um, I do know that any of those high driver count IEMs, they have such big shells that they can be... Like, I tried yeah. a JH Audio, um, uh, one of the ones with, like, 14 drivers in it or something, and I just I could not figure out how it was... Because even when I think I had it fitting in my ear correctly, it felt like it like wasn't supposed to be there. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, yeah, I think they can kind of position them a little bit farther up in the air canal and customs, yeah. but it seems like with uh, universals, you're kind of at the mercy of your genetics to get a good fit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, well. My genetics anyway. uh, enabled me to have a very large head. Very large. So, like, even with this, uh, even with the black wood I'm wearing right now, it's about, like, two centimeters from being uh, a little too far stretched down. And... That even went like, uh, oh, the HE560s. I uh, I could never get a proper fit with those because my head's so large. Uh, yeah, I, really? I, I, use, I use them pretty much at like the uh, maximum uh, yoke size in the 560 and the 400i. But I guess I have a big head. I'm a rather tall individual though, so it's not like I'm a giant yeah, like six, four. body. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I'm just a giant head and a slightly smaller than giant body. <laughs> how, how tall? How tall are you? Six four. It's a perfect height. It's like a NBA uh, shooting guard. Yeah, yeah. I have not <laughs> had anybody tell me that since high school. <laughs> oh yeah. Ah, uh, fun times. Fun times. Uh, as far yep, that's about it for news. Honestly, there hasn't been very much. Um been going on it's been mostly uh if you follow the uh computer world there's been uh more news over there with the uh new the video graphics cards but that's about it really um ah here's a nice discussion so uh we'll we'll save zach's opinion on this for last because he's the most experienced with this but uh what do you guys think are the strengths and weaknesses of the t50 driver Let's start with Space Lobster. Uh, my main issue is pretty much the treble spike. Like around, I guess it's around like 6 or 7K, I think. Oh, uh, 10K. 10K. Is it 10K? Yeah. Oh, okay. Whatever it is. I guess whatever it is whatever it is in the Alpha Dog and the Alpha Dog Prime that makes it sound like you're listening in a cave. Oh, that's probably the, my uh, most annoying thing. The Alpha Prime one's like this weird flat top that goes on from 8 to... Seven, I want to say. Yeah, it just it drops. Feels, it feels like there's a lot of ringing or something going on, but whatever it is, it just feels really natural and weird. There was a bit of mid-range um, distortion from that V. Yeah. Thing. The V-planer thing, whatever they did. Whatever it is, it doesn't sound very good to my ears, so. I like the Mad Dog, which I found was... I know that's getting more and more unpopular as time goes on. Um. Uh, da, 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 da. So, Nova. What's up? What do you think of the T50 driver? I, I haven't modded my pair of T50 RP MK2s or listened to any modded pairs, so I, I don't really have a stance on this at all. Oh darn, man! You really, you just <laughs> like get some for like thirty bucks. Just go at it. It's great. I still haven't heard a T50RP mod that I've liked, but then again, I haven't heard the Omni. I might like that. Talos. Talos, too. Blackwood's pretty good. That's my, uh, that's my favorite one from Jack. Definitely the most sexual T50 mod name as well. <laughs> so you do know that it sounds like a sex toy. 
<laughs> oh, I, I mean, I, you know, un- inadvertently by teaming up with Vibro Labs, <laughs> I, you know, it's, uh, you know, Vibro Labs. I mean, is it, you don't immediately think of a headphone speaker if you go searching for what, what does Vibro Labs mean? I mean, you start to, if you're a man and have a dirty mind, you start to think of, you know, dildos, of course. So vibrating big dildos. So, <laughs> I mean, it. And I've heard that a lot of times from people like, why the hell do you name this the Vibro? It sounds like a sex toy. So I was like, I, I didn't mean to. I just, that's what the guy named his company. So Good thing you didn't make your, uh, your little slogan, uh, got wood, or else people would be Googling that and not getting right. headphones anytime soon. It yeah. doesn't help that you added the X in there, you know? Yeah, I actually talked to Luke about that, and he was adamant that that's how the new way companies were um, showing com- collaboration. And he is right that there is a number of collaborations that have the X, though, but it does also make it look more um, obscure and a kind of taboo kind of way. So, well, since we passed this barrier, I can now safely tell you that the Cascadia Audio Talus is affectionately known as the cum dog uh yes so and why why is that it's it was i don't even know who started it um, was probably bad mad economist at the time of the name mad economist did not have a name for the tellers so the discord made a name probably gross oak you know i don't i'm not sure uh, if it there's that picture i think it was actually of uh Oh, Pokemon no. wearing the headphone. Oh no! Yeah, it was cum dogs <laughs> on the side of it. Oh my god! Oh, beautiful. Yeah, if you go the on the chat. Uh, voice chat uh, chat thing, um, some people are posting pictures of the Pokemon picture. <laughs> but yeah, good times, good times. Cum dog millionaire. Mm. <laughs> oh we're gonna get sued by uh we're gonna get sued by uh film business now (laughs) oh just make sure mad doesn't see this um Uh, now he's gonna see it podcast oh shit that's that's beautiful actually this could be on that next week but i guess not anymore (laughs) ruin that thanks uh (laughs) so uh now we get to the the man himself, who actually knows this driver probably more than the people who made it. So, uh, Zach, what do you feel are the strengths and weaknesses of the good old T50? I mean, I, I guess, you know, modifying the T50 drivers, basically trying to lessen the weaknesses as much as possible. And, I mean, starting with the weaknesses, I mean, if you look at the stock headphone, it has a base roll off which is actually more uh um the because of how they've always designed the baffles than anything um and there's some mid-range distortion that actually shows up and depending on the batch and that's that's the main thing you're fighting and if i had to say the one thing that i hate the most about the t50 drivers is that um they're inconsistently produced and by that i mean they have very uh uh, i guess you would say low tolerances meaning there's a lot of variance 
between the drivers when you get them. So usually I've actually been buying bigger and bigger batches because I've been able to because I've been selling more headphones. And the good part about that is that if I'm only buying 10 at a time, I have 10 headphones that usually out of that batch are pretty similar. And now if I'm buying 50 or 100 at a time, usually those, you know, they came in on the same crate. They were tested at the same time. But the, the problem you can run into is that uh, there's a large variance between factory runs. And so the challenge can be oh, I'm making, you know, eight Omnis this week and I need to replace the drivers on two of them because two of them don't measure up to snuff or whatever. And, oh, I need to find a driver, and so I have to go test them until I can find one that matches close enough. Um, and by matching, I mean uh, doesn't have huge anomalies and frequency response, and at least can be tuned to my target curve, which every headphone is tuned to. So that's the big, and from a manufacturing standpoint, that's the biggest issue. That won't matter as much to someone who's just you know, modifying one set, I guess. Uh, yeah, there's some mid-range distortion. There's that treble peak. The treble peak can be modified to be in different places. It can be in 6, 7K. If you do certain modifications, it can be in 10K. You know, like Dan, when he um, did the V-planer stuff, apparently flattened it to be more extended. But, um, you know, and the only downside to flattening it sometimes is that depending on the method used to flatten out that peak, it, you can be... Um, taking away from some other area, you know, you might be to flatten it. You might be making the mid base higher, you know, do other things. So um, that's a pretty good overrun of the, the weaknesses. The of the positives um, are that it is, you know, highly uh, adapts to different frequency response patterns. Um, you can't because you can't get rid of that peak. I do think it suits a dark sound signature really well um it's just resolving enough to be able to get enough micro detail uh to where you're not missing too much in the music but you know uh but still sounds um like a headphone with a good amount of clarity and for a tiny driver that's only you know one and a half uh you know inches or so in a square um it uh you can get quite a bit of sub bass out of it if you do the do the certain things to it um and it also because of the way they tune the driver you can get a pretty pretty decent mid-range so i mean it's it's a driver with faults but it's a driver that uh can do a lot of things pretty well so um it's adaptable i guess there are a lot of drivers to be honest um most drivers, if enough time is spent to come up with a standard operating procedure that you can figure out from the enclosure what's going to make that particular driver sound the best. It's just this one, you know, fortunately for all of us that have done it, have um, found a way to, to work with the weaknesses and strengths to try to make headphones. I'm trying to remember, there's a certain... Um law about um like you have to have like there has to be trade-offs for a large amount of sub base and i think it was driver size efficiency and um chamber size it's like some weird thing where if you have like you can't have a small 
efficient driver being like a small enclosure or else it just doesn't output enough sub base and if you increase the inefficiency or chamber size it would actually help base quite a bit with extension i can't remember what that law is called the same yeah, I don't know what it's called, but that is what we did with the Omni was increase the chamber size. And honestly, at the beginning, gave it too much size by opening too many ports because the final version of the Omni usually has two or three of those ports you see in the front closed, depending on the driver batch. Um, but yeah, I mean, you to get the full amount of, of sub base, it did need a, a slight bigger bigger enclosure did i end up having one of those pre-production runs with the walnut one you know there so there were a number of early early sets and um because of the change to the new baffle we actually over the first i think it was probably after the first 25 sets or so developed a couple new parts to cut basically what was happening was i was losing a lot of drivers um, because of some of the inconsistencies in manufacturing from the Fostex uh, driver enclosure. And I'm, sh I'm pretty sure your first set didn't have this. And what we did was created some new gaskets, used some new screws, added a um, uh, method of putting everything back because every all the magnets come out and get modified and everything. Then they all get put back in the driver. And what we found through doing that a bunch of times there I specifically found was that the, t the tolerances on the enclosure wasn't fully tight around the driver, which was causing more distortion sometimes than others, which is I've actually found weirdly in the new Fossex Mark three models that it innately is worse than it was on the Mark two. Their, their enclosures um, just are not very well designed. Um, so, you know, there's even been stock models I've sold that come back that to fix, I just have to put these new parts in them um, to so that they don't have uh, certain, you know, high frequency weirdness or, uh, you know, a number of mid range distortion, you know, just anything you can think of that a driver could do to sound uh, to sound wonky. Huh. Yeah, I wonder if. Uh... Like, I had felt that I had liked the like one a little bit. I wonder if that had something to do with it. I guess I'd have to listen to the... the uh, I will say I'm actually thinking about getting rid of Walnut because I, I, I don't know if this is placebo or not, but I, I have a feeling that the resonance of Walnut, because it's right in that middle ground of being in a, you know, a density of 0.6 or so... Um, it, I, I have a feeling there's some resonance in that wood that creates some kind of hashy, unwanted frequency. Because I, I, all, every wood has a kind of like magic frequency that it kind of resonates more than others. Um, and it's more, obviously, that's more important in musical instruments. But it does somewhat account to headphones because even though you're damping crap out of it, uh, you're still going to have the wood still shaking. It still has pore size, you know, all that stuff. And I, well, I don't know. Walnut sets for some reason, even though a lot of people like the way they look, have never turned out as good as some a lot of the other woods. Uh, and just to my taste, of course, there's people who have them and like them a lot. Well, you know, my taste, I didn't really like the walnut. I heard the 
Cherry in the Blackwood to them. Yeah, um, yeah, which is understandable it, from my experience too. What about the Purple Heart? I, Purple Heart's great. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm curious. I'd like to try a Purple Heart at some point. Ishka you know I love the Purple Heart. Like he thinks that was the best one. Yeah, he was the one that got me on that. Yeah, he I'm he curious. also was the one that got uh, made me ask Zach like, "Hey, you have one of those sets? Those uh, Purple Heart Blackwood sets? You know?" Turns out he did. So I'm happy. But yeah, yeah, they're, uh, I'll probably try to do another Purple Heart run at some point. It seems to be a popular wood, and it is one of the, it is a nice density and a, a one of the nicer sounding woods for sure. You know, I think Mad Economist said that randomly one out of fifteen drivers in the T50 RPMK3 has better base extension. Yeah. You know. The T50, the, the Mark III ones uh, have more variance than the Mark II ones did at the end. I have a feeling they're still working out some of their tolerances on uh, on the Mark III uh, version. And it, I think it has more to do with the way the baffles made than anything because the actual driver was changed, I don't know, 2014? At the end of 2014, they changed the driver for the TH500. Uh, and it caused a lot of problems. And it was actually with a few points where Dan and I communicated about what we were doing to deal with it. And, um, and then they finally settled on a driver and they haven't changed it since even between the Mark II and Mark III, it's the exact same membrane. Um, they just changed a lot of the other stuff around it. So, but there is, there is some variance going on there. That's a little bit higher than, than the Mark II. I like Dan's answer to the new Mark III. Well, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't blame him. To be yeah, he. I heard that the the uh, Mister Speaker's driver is actually Bostex OEM, but I'm not sure. I, heard I, I mean, I I honestly would be shocked if it if it wasn't because if you look at the magnet array, it's the same. Um, but I have no idea. So you mean for the uh. For the ether? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't seen the driver or anything, but somebody showed me some picture of just the magnet, the front of the headphone, you know, and you can see the magnets are just longer and the same. Of course, it's a stock magnet, I'm sure. So Is it a square who, who driver knows? still? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. You're asking him questions about a competitor's headphone. I think he's starting to go. <laughs> I uh, will, yeah. I, uh, I honestly, I, um, ever since I first started doing this and found out that, you know, in business there is competition and things can get a little uh, weird because of that. I have almost steered clear of looking at anyone else's headphones and or talking about them. So, so yeah, someone just posted the picture on the, on the voice chat. The yeah, front. The space. I actually, hmm. I, I really liked it when I heard it. Yeah. Wait, two FTRP for $1,500. Hmm. It is, I, there's, there is something, it's not, I mean, it definitely does not sound like a <laughs> anymore. <laughs> Whatever he did. 
Yeah, yeah, it, it doesn't at all. And, um, I'm sure it's some fossil. Either that or he took a T50 RP driver and just went like, hmm, I'm just going to make this bigger. And then he said uh, designed one off of that. I, the... If you if you look at the if you look at that picture, that is no freaking T fifty. Yeah, no, it looks exactly like a T fifty RP driver though, except just bigger. Sorry, looks quite a bit bigger. I just well, we can't. I don't. In that picture, we can't see the traces or anything. Yeah, I those just are just the magnets. I'm picturing Dan in his lab, just like, just like putting together several T fifties. All like good ones that had really good things in specific areas, and then laughing as he has <laughs> Peter just pull the lever and lightning flows down, and the headphone has come alive, and it's the ether. <laughs> but yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, but yeah, I heard the uh, ether um, 1.1, and it actually, surprised how it sounded. You should make good. like a carbon fiber omni. Okay. <laughs> yeah, call it the Zether. <laughs> uh, perfect idea. Great idea. I'm writing it down right now. The Zemeth Aether. Modify <laughs> Ether. <laughs> Modify Ether. Okay. <laughs> In my notes. Yeah. All right. So. Uh... Have you used any of the old T50 drivers, like from the 70s? Oh, no, no. I Every time I look and in, interested in buying them, they're more money than I want to spend. To probably yeah, they're not bring something. Bucks. Aren't they're they like 500 bucks. bucks? Yeah, they're 500 about there. Yeah. I assume I would just break it. So. Yeah, you <laughs> could look into like a T20 or a T10. Cheaper? Uh, that's yeah, they're a lot it. cheaper. <laughs> Plus, yeah. they don't require too much modding to get to sound good. I think the drivers are better than the new T50 RP drivers, to be honest, too. Probably. The technology hasn't changed much. They probably just tried to make them cheaper to make. Ah, here comes the fun part of the uh, show now. Uh, I had people submit some questions for you, Zach. Beautiful. Have about do we do we get to find out who they are, or is it anonymous? Uh, it's anonymous. They <laughs> really put their name. <laughs> That's so, inappropriate. You actually already answered one at the beginning of the show. What was your reference album? Uh, yeah. Ray Samuels tells me it's it's Diana Krall. No, I have a playlist on title. I'd be happy to share it if you guys want to. Oh yeah, check it out. Yeah. yeah, if you send that to me, I can um, uh, email that to me, and I can put it with the podcast on. Yeah, upload it. Awesome. Um, so, uh, what are your goals when tuning a headphone? <laughs> I <laughs> mean, Anna crawl sound good. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a very like uh, broad question, but I, I mean, I guess the the main goals to make a, a product that is consistent throughout its range so i'll tune a headphone in a manner that i think can be repeated easily throughout a man manufacturing process and sounds good to people who you know i think everybody knows i have a slightly darker 
slightly bassier downslope kind of frequency response pattern to uh, music. So my goal is to kind of stick to that, you know, sound signature that I like and make sure that it can be uh, manufactured in somewhat of a timely manner. So people don't have to wait uh, longer than a, a month to get headphones, hopefully. So, um, Actually, we already we already sort of asked you what compromises do you feel necessary with. Yeah, I mean you have to you have to figure out where the hell you want the the uh, the peak and how you're going to damp it, and um, yeah, I mean that's that's the main compromise. And the other compromise is just you have to realize that there's going to be 0.5 to 0.7 percent distortion spikes that come up in some of the drivers and uh you know if you they're not unless you're really comparing to a headphone that has super low distortion you're probably not going to be able to focus too much on them but it's it's there and people are going to be able to measure it and um you know so it's those are the two the two main things and i and the other thing is it's a small driver and so it has a specific sound because it's 1.5 inch you know square versus a you know two to three inch driver like some of the larger planar headphones so you're not your capabilities of uh of sound stage are going to be more based on tuning and how you use the enclosure that's around it versus having those long traces and different parts you know of the of the driver make sounds so. all right this one this next one might rub you the wrong way up. Uh, do you ever feel <laughs> that the T50 has held you back at all? No, I mean, honestly, I can't say it's held me back because it's the only driver that I've commercially used so far. So, I, I mean, yes, it's, I mean, yes, it has, it's a driver that has its negatives. And I think because it's, you know, a driver that comes from another headphone that's commercially made, people know a lot more open information is out there about it, um, which allows it to be open to a lot of scrutiny. And so, I mean, no, it hasn't held me back in a way that, I mean, the only reason I have a a business now is because of the driver. So that's, I can't say it's held me back because, uh, you know, but and I guess they probably mean, has it held you back in like, oh, if you went to another driver, would you be able to do so much more? Um, and I mean, I guess the, the answer is, I don't know. I, because I, you know, I have projects that I've been working on. I have no idea, you know, when my next non T my first non T 50 headphone will come out. Um, but, uh, you know, to say that the uh, the T50 is holding me back, um, I don't know. I, I guess I can't really say a definitive yes or no to that right now because I don't have another product out that's not a T50 driver. So We all know how Dan felt about it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, I guess you could say yes in, in the terms of holding me back as far as yes, you know, production times take longer because you have to – you have to deal with the the uh, issues that are innate to the driver, but I can't say that any other driver doesn't have issues. I mean, you look at Odyssey, they've had inconsistencies. You look at Mr. Speakers, there's been little inconsistencies. Anyone who's done T50 drivers had inconsistencies. You look at the Nighthawk, there were a couple different tunings right at the beginning, Audio Quest with that. 
Hi-Fi Man had, uh, you know, issues with headphones having to be sent back for certain reasons. So there's, um, you know, every single company that exists is going to have some kind of uh, issue they deal with at one point or the other. And I don't know if I can completely blame that just on the driver. Oh, yeah. don't I, think I it'd be don't think it'd be fair <laughs> fair to, i don't think i don't think the driver would like me anymore if i <laughs> put it down you had a yeah you'd need to spend hundreds of millions on art try to find it unless your name was Seinheiser. but um the zmf time Seinheiser coming soon oh that'd be hilarious yeah <laughs> Here, I, I put a question to you real quick. Just say yes or no. Sure. <laughs> okay, sure. Okay. So, uh, uh, I'm reading these questions word for word, mind you. Okay. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> okay. The fuck is up with that dynamic driver dog? <laughs> I mean, I can't. There's no real... Uh exact comment i can make on it i mean you know if i come out with a dynamic driver headphone then we'll know what the fuck be up with it but uh i don't even you know i don't even know yeah yeah of course i've messed around with other drivers but i don't even know if it's going to work out or not at this point you know and i obviously have been talking to a lot of uh driver companies trying to figure out where i want to go you know with uh future drivers and stuff so hopefully that works out Yo, homie. <laughs> I just imagined, uh, you know, you're thinking in your mind, I left that out and I regretted it ever since. <laughs> I mean, I don't even, I can't remember who I've told about what I've been doing, but, uh, you know. I forgot. But I mean, but, but, but I mean, clearly I'm a headphone company and I'm going to be playing around with stuff all the time <laughs> just until I come up with something I, that works for, for us. and. Uh, yeah, I mean, so there's dynamic drivers, there's planar drivers, there's electrostatic drivers. They all have, you know, things they do well and things, issues. So. Ooh, mod the abyss. Yes, yes, yeah. Mod smacks. Who's about grand on every headphone, but, you know. Where is it's it? abyss. <laughs> but um, I remember um, if OJ was on here, he would start going on a rant right about now on whether or not, uh, you know, dynamic drivers and how superior they are to planners. But <laughs> I think he would look forward to a, a dynamic driver by you, though. Uh, his real secret is that a, uh, a certain T50 mods is uh, daily headphone. Yeah, <laughs> paradox. It's kind of a funny thing. Yeah, I mean, they're, yeah, everybody's he got their preferences. The T50 RP mods, and yet he has one himself that he loves so not even not it's the it's the first one of its kind too he has zero 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 one <laughs> it's a collector's item but uh, yeah yeah, yeah. so i buy a paradox actually looking around for one now so how about your new tube amp oh That's yeah so I uh been working with an engineer, this guy Dan Cheever, who uh has done a lot of freelance work for Brucasti, which is a kind of boutique 
audio company, but he had a design for a speaker amp. Um, and I met him at a head five meet at New Hampshire, which I think, you know, Ishka or Kyle was at. And then, um, slowly just began saying, you know, if you did this and this and you could make it into a headphone only amp. And he was like, Oh, I don't want to get rid of the speakers. So then I finally got him to make a totally different model that was just headphone based and talked him through what impedances would work for headphones and specifically my headphones. I sent him a pair of Omnis. And just have been kind of hammering out prototypes uh, since January or so. And um, it's getting closer to uh, being released. I, we're hoping to have it you know, on the website in June at some point. Um, but it's a single-ended trial amp. It has a four-pin XLR jack for convenience. It's not true balanced. And um, you know, Dan did his thesis for electrical engineering on distortion and what kind of distortion is pleasurable to listen to in a tube amp and or any amp and what kind of distortion is bad. And, and um, so what he did is he tested out all these tubes uh, for that paper and found that this 4P1L tube for 4-1-N-P, yeah. And it's a Russian tube that was made during you know, the, all the wars that happened in the, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s. And it has a metal octal base and it has the lowest measured, measured distortion for a rectifier of any, um, any tube. And so we're using that as the rectifier tube. And then we're going to have a 6SN7 um, in the input stage and a 12AX7 in the gain stage. Um, and it can be 12 AT7 too, any of those mini bass. And it's going to have two gain stages. It has a bias meter in the back, so you can manually adjust uh, the two rectifier tubes to how much they're outputting uh, as far as uh, uh, power. And so you can match tubes that are unmatched in the back, and there will be a little meter you can plug it into, a little digital meter where you can actually see the output reading to match them. And it's going to have wood, uh, a wooden, big wooden girthy knob and a wooden face plate that you can choose. And I'm hoping that it's going to be right around a thousand dollars. And it sounds, and like, and the true goal is to make it sound as good as it can with the Sennheiser uh, HD series uh, for high bandwidth headphones, and then also run planars because there's really not too many tube amps that are great at both. And so the biggest issue we've had coming out, finishing it up, was to figure out what the tube complement needed to be, and um, and in that we so we had he first had these six CG tubes in them, which were a modern six SN seven copy, and then he had two six SN sevens in them because I said it's got to be six SN sevens. All these headphone people have six SN sevens. They're popular in the Wu amps. They're popular, uh, you know. All these amps use them. There's a huge thread on Head 5 about 6S and 7s. And then we realized we couldn't get the, the gain variance that we needed with 6S and 7s, so that we switched one of them out for the uh, uh, 6S and then decided to go 12X7 because it was cheaper and much more rollable. And the 12X7 will allow us to have all that gain that we need high and low for, you know, high impedance headphones, low impedance headphones hard to drive orthos so i mean i guess it's dangerous to say we're trying to make it 
do everything well, but it's, we're trying to make it do most things well, specifically high impedance Sennheisers and orthodiagonal headphones. I don't think it's going to do, I think a third best will be easier to drive, you know, 32 ohm dynamic drivers. But then again, it's like, if you have one of those, why are you, you know, you don't need to spend a thousand dollars on a tube amp if you're only going to listen to, you know, super easy to drive, you know, Nighthawks or whatever, you know what I mean? So, well, there's, uh, there's also the, uh, TH 900 and I know people like to buy, uh, Bacoons for that. Oh, you need that. You need that voltage. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so yeah, the amp's got, the ZMF amp's gonna have 21.5 volts, um, I believe, output. That was the last measurement. Does it have speaker taps too? Our version will not. There is another version of the amp that I'm not selling uh, that didn't get converted to a headphone amp that I believe has a headphone out, and he's still adjusting some of the stuff based on what we do with the headphone amp to it. And I think, I don't know exactly where that's going to be sold. Um, I believe it might be through a local audio store in New Hampshire that it ends up getting sold for uh, called, what is it called? Isha can, can ride it. Edition. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say if it would drive an HE6. Yeah, <laughs> might be difficult. It's a beast of a headphone. Is right. my mic sounding okay? Someone said my mic is bugging out. Yeah, um, it, it was, was off and on. Uh, it's getting better now. Good. Good. I told him don't jinx you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Let me. Let me fiddle. Yeah, you're good. You're good. You're good. Don't worry. You're good now. Um, so a certain Chinese amp DAC manufacturer is very popular on the uh, Discord chat here. They go by uh, Audio GD, and they want to ask oh, your opinion okay. on them. No, say no, we little, little dot? Oh, God, no. Oh, anyway. Uh, no. <laughs> little ZMF. What's my opinion on Audio GD? I use a... Uh, I use a master 11 to tune every headphone, measure every headphone. Um, I initially had a, uh, 10.33 and then an NFV 28. And then, um, and then I, he came out with the, uh, what is it? The master 11. And I, um, decided I had to have it. So you like, you like those 1704s, you know, X section. You know, I know on there's been on numerous DAC forums and places where people say, "Oh, they're so syrupy, they're so milky sounding, or so dark." But um, honestly, I, you know, I, I haven't heard them in a lot of other configurations. I've heard other iterations of that chip, in, I don't know old Theta DACs and uh, other DACs, but I've I've never found it to be over encompassing in a in a dark or murky way or anything. Um, you know, I'm going to be selling the Metrum DAX uh, along with the ZMF amp. And if you really want to hear a, an amp that is natural and uh, kind of dark and uh, murky sounding, but not in a bad way at all, you know, listen to some of those non-oversampling units. Those are those go even further in that direction. I, and then the, so the reason I, I like the Audio GD for is I put them in the middle of all the DAX I've heard and most of their gear is kind of in the middle too it's not too bright it's not super dark it's um it's right down the middle and just so you have a reference for kind of what i 
was talking about there is that I kind of like shit audio, very um, popular company. I typically think of their amps as being a little bit dry, a little bit thinner than most uh, standard amps. And then if you think on the other side of things, um, I guess like bioelectric amps are pretty dark, you know, so audio GD, I feel like sits very close to the middle, maybe a little bit smoother, a little bit darker than true middle ground, but somewhere in there. Yeah, that's pretty fair. I use a 28 myself, so I pretty much agree with you. I, know, yeah, I don't um, think anybody does the saber chip, at least to my ears. But I haven't heard one that I like more than the audio GDs for saber. Yeah, it avoids that kind of glare that a lot of the popos have. Yeah. Yeah. Space uh, over there, actually. My uh, the 28 <laughs> I used to own. Uh, he was yep. the guy I sold it to. Oh, yeah, yeah. What do you That's, have now? Uh, NFB 11. Cool. Audio GD, keeping yep. the keeping it strong. If Kingwall would just make his website look like, I don't know, <laughs> a live, it was just like, even. Would it be great if you just had pictures of like babes wearing headphones or something? Or just I don't know. It's it's like almost so crazy. Like it looks like yeah, it was made in the nineties. Um, he should just roll with that theme and like go super nineties and you know. Chicks listening to Nirvana albums and stuff. Wisdom in mind, enthusiast at heart. <laughs> yes. Yes, I love it. I forget his other quote. It's something about water. Uh, really? Let me look for it. I want to meet King Was. I, maybe I need to go to like the Munich show or something. I wonder if I he goes to that. Does he go to those? Nice guy. He's got, he's always been super, he's, uh, gives me a manufacturer discount when I buy stuff from him. And I mean, he's always been, you know, super, super nice. Can you order some send him for a, me? <laughs> yeah. It's not a big discount, but, um, I should just, I should just send him an Omni, right? See, see what he does. Maybe you could get an amp deal like you did with the other guy. <laughs> he traded he did trade a bunch of wire i don't probably shouldn't even be telling you but he did um he did work out some kind of deal with uh, my buddy peter double helix cables for wire for an amp or something so he's he's a, he's wheeling and dealing that kingwa <laughs> oh i have i have a question i've been curious about for a while have Do you it. seen the new Fostex dynamic drivers, the one that are priced similarly to the T50 series? I saw them show up in my Fostex dealer price list, but I, I never, I, I was like, should I get one of those? But then I was like, you know, I, as I have already mentioned earlier, been messing around with a bunch of other drivers. I was like, you know, because at this point, it's kind of like I spent, you know, four and a half years on the T50. So it's like, do I really want to get into modifying another headphone? So I just kind of lost interest quickly and didn't order one. So, uh, okay. I was about to ask you what you thought of them. Cause I was like, Hey, maybe that's somewhere you can go with the, uh, I get, I get an email like once Domini. every two weeks about, uh, modifying the TH 500 for people. And I'm just like, you know, if I didn't have, you know, four models I was trying to sell, I probably would spend some time with it. But, uh, you know, no. at this yeah, at this point, I'm probably not gonna modify another Fostex 
model. So Matt Economist said the uh, Fostex Dynamics sound like uh, Bayer Dynamic headphones, like just the bright V-shaped, you know? I mean, there's only so many options for drivers uh, if you're going super cheap. So, I, you know, say it's a $200 headphone, right? Something about like that or 150 if you think about it, Fostex has to be able to produce the headphone. I mean, so they're selling to the distributor at least 50% off for $75 or so. And then they pro- they have to make a profit. So I would say that whole headphone probably has to cost them like $20 to make. I mean, how many options can you have, you know? So they're probably using the same driver. Who knows? All right, Zach, we're going to play a little game here. Look to oh, the uh, right. Look to the left. How many Omnis do you have in arm's reach? <laughs> I don't have actual. It, I, I'm in my office right now. I'm actually at my desk. I've been actually modifying driver enclosures. But um, I mean, on my, I have 11, you know, wall stand things of different headphones, and there's, you know, they're all full. Um, but they're most of them are messed up in some way or another because otherwise they'd be shipped. And then I have, I just got a box back from Portland that has, uh, I don't know, probably 10 or 12 headphones in it. And I I realized after a while that I kept selling my show models as B-Stock and then I'd have to make them all over again for the next show. And I started going to more and more shows and I was like, I just need to have sets around. Uh, so I ha- now I have a set in Bacote, a set in Cocobolo, a set in Blackwood, a set in Cherry, uh, Paddock. Maple, Purple Heart, and I think that's oh Zebrawood. <laughs> I think ah, that's Zebrawood. what I have. I, so I have one set of all of those that's stock and ready to be listened to. Um, yeah, you probably noticed I didn't say Walnut. I, I just, uh, I don't know. I just have a what I have against the Walnut ones. I just never end up liking. So. I didn't. I don't bring them. To sh- I don't bring them to shows or anything. So I, I have you know ten to fifteen omnis you know um, around. <laughs> yeah. Dang. All right. So I have one last question. For- I'm starting to forget what it was. Oh yeah, now I remember. Okay. So. So. Uh, oh. Actually, sound has a. Uh, Question. Let me unmute him because he's in here and he can he can ask it himself. All right, Mister Slotus Sound, ask your question, sir. All right, very riveting. Okay, I couldn't I couldn't hear him, so you'll have to repeat. Uh, he's oh, his mic is plugged in. Give me ten minutes. We don't have ten. Oh, seconds. Okay, we'll give him ten seconds. Uh, meanwhile, I'm going to ask you a question myself. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, can you explain the difference that uh, larger pores or lack of pores or density would make in a wood? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, pores are basically holes in a wood, and depending on the type of wood, they hold resin. And the resin can be different densities, or it can be less or more resin, depending on the wood. And what I've found just through, you know, having 
measure having five headphones next to each other that are all measured the same is that woods that are uh, of less density and have larger pores will have more decay and more ambience. Things will seem maybe a little bit further away. And then headphones that have less or smaller pores and less resin and harder wood will uh, sound have bass that sounds fuller, deeper, and faster. But the, the tra slight trade-off is that those headphones have a um, slight amount of more hash possibly. And that's most likely because the, um, I mean, I think some of you probably read on Tile's website that, you know, the you, he compensates based on the room size or whatever of headphones for one of his measurements. And that's why he measures them in a few different positions and blah, blah, blah. And so people have asked me, Hey, Zach, why don't you, you know, tune the headphones different based on which wood they are, uh, to get the best sound out of them. And then I, my response to that is this, that I think that would make things infinitely confusing, especially for a customer, because as it is already, there's a bunch of different woods that have the same frequency response and yet different t traits of the timber based on pore size. Um, and if I were to do that, I just think it would be, so I cho chose a tuning that I felt worked the best for all of them. And, you know, to break it down to the most understandable thing, I think that you can think of, you know, think of a um, piece of paper that's smooth and then you could, you know, set it on a table and then that's on, and then poke a bunch of little tiny holes in that paper. And so if the paper has a bunch of little, little holes, like, and, and, you know, wood, it's not going to go all the way through the wood, of course, but now you have all those little holes woods with larger pore sizes there's all those little holes in the paper so there's sound it's escaping a little bit um, and not deflecting back as fast uh, as if the paper were completely smooth you know so like if you're breathing into the paper oh there's no air going through now there's a bunch of holes i'm breathing in the paper a little bit of that air is going through it's the exact same thing with sound into wood because all sound waves are as it's moved how air is moved around so uh that i guess that's the best way i can explain it ah fair enough thank you uh i know a lot of people asked that question i was surprised it was sheet here um you know i've asked you quite a few times what difference it makes but you know, it's always good to hear it straight from the source yeah and people ask me a lot too what you know what's my favorite wood and and honestly i i don't like saying oh this you know i will say i'm not a huge walnut fan but um most of them sound pretty darn close and you have to really go back and forth and usually when someone's at my booth or whatever at a show i'll be like here listen to the black wood and then listen to the cherry because those are two the hardest one and then the softest one and um and then they're like they you know they're always a little bit amazed at how they sound different um, and then, but if I had a favorite wood, I would choose Bacote because it's basically black wood, but with a pores, you know, black wood has no pores. Bacote has small pores. And so you get just enough decay. So it's not harsh and you still get all that meaty sub base. And it's a little bit lighter too. And it looks, it looks a little bit extravagant, but that's, you know, if I had to choose one headphone Omni for myself, I would choose Bacote. All right. We have. 
Question from Slow Sound. Slow, He's is got your his... mic working? I believe so. I hope so. I can hear you. <laughs> yeah, I can hear you. You're a little bit soft. I'm going to turn you up on the volume here. All right. Okay. All right, there you go. Go ahead and ask your question, my good man. All right. Um, my question is sort of a kind of a broad, you know, spectrum sort of thing. Um, it really pulls down to, like, what is your audio philosophy? Like, what are you looking for from, you know sound reproduction like what 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 sort of things do you look for what things do you like what things um what what is your end goal like are you looking for a pleasing sound or are you looking for you know an objectively good sound you know uh i'll try not to get too long-winded with this basically i after undergraduate school i went to college when i graduated i'm 32 years old now i graduated from undergrad in 2006 and i became like obsessed with building guitar acoustic guitars and playing music with people uh guitar and banjo and um so when i started making headphones or tuning headphones uh five years ago or so I just wanted to kind of replicate that experience of, you know, what it's like to play an instrument and be able to listen to it and have that, um, you know, get that same kind of feeling. And I think a, that kind of enhanced bass response below 100 hertz has a lot to do with me wanting to have that kind of feeling of a acoustic instrument pluck. Um, that I can kind of feel a little bit. And I found the, the only real natural way to do that without, you know, what's the headphone company that put the, put the vibrational thing in their, their headphone. <laughs> it's the, uh, uh, well, you know, without putting a PlayStation remote in your headphone was to have a uh, have bass that was a little accentuated. And so the, what comes along with that, my goal is really to, um, make acoustic instruments sound as natural as possible um as, you know to my my personal experience of being in a room with other musicians and um and try to get you know proximity placement uh spatial awareness and tim especially acoustic instrument timber impact and feel uh, as close as I can to what an acoustic instrument sounds like. And so I, what kind of has come through that is that a lot of electronic music does sound good with that same tuning. But, um, but that from the beginning has been my, my main goal and the kind of sound I'm going for. And what happens is that it doesn't lead to a sound that is graphically flat when uh, measured and it doesn't lead to a sound that has accentuated uh treble really in any areas except for of course you know the peak you might get in the t50 driver ah awesome awesome well then uh i had a random thought while sitting here that uh i just realized rumors don't really start very much in the headphone community i don't know why that popped in my head but i just thought i'd make that statement or I close out. But anyway, uh, thank you, everybody. It was fun. Thank you for joining, Zach. That's a pretty awesome thing to do. Uh, but yeah, thank you, guys. Uh, guys, got anything Come closing dogs next week? Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe. Depends if Mad wants to do it. Uh, we'll get the cum dogger on. But yeah, so cum dogger.
<laughs> Calm dogger, Jesus. So yeah, that was fun. Uh, thank you for joining us, Zach. Uh, you can come on anytime you want. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, <laughs> I will wait until I'm invited, of course. <laughs> now, if you pop in one night, we'll be like, oh, God. He's here. Everybody behave. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll yeah, awkwardly I... wait for you to make an inappropriate comment, and then we'll join in. Um, we'll, uh, make sure to start some rumors. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's do that. About Jude awesome. from HeadFi? Don't start. Don't, don't. No bagged. Damn boy. Anyway, uh, yeah. Thank you, Zach. We'll, uh, don't worry, you'll get an invite again in the future, because this has been fun. It's fun to pick, uh, headphone guy's brain yeah 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 thanks for thanks for having me and uh yeah i mean i i try to be as approachable as possible so if anyone ever has any questions uh that are appropriate just send me an email or whatever <laughs> or, <laughs> yeah don't send them inappropriate questions uh we don't want to scare them off yeah anyway. don't give me any don't give me any nasty nicknames about Blackwood or anything. I Google Blackwood, sir, and I did not come up with headphones. <laughs> I hold you yeah. responsible for burning the irises in my child's eyes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that's his fault for having his child there. Have you ever had a comment for, like that from somebody? About, uh, you know, there was one point when, um, I, I when I first started, I uh, I said crap or something on my website in a blog entry or something, and somebody emailed me and said they were offended by uh, my swearing on my website or something in, in my blog. Well, shit! Felt I weird. hope that doesn't fucking happen here. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, guys, uh, it's been fun. It's been real fun, but I gotta end the podcast at some point. So thank you everybody for joining. It was a fun time and uh see you see you in another two weeks. Adios.